We are in the condition we are in, in the state of ignorance we are in, in the state of war, in the state of economic depression, in the state of depletion of the resources of our planet because of the greed of psychopaths who thought they could create their own reality. Well, look at the reality they created. You're listening to Behind the Headlines on the SOT Radio Network, the world for people who think. Bradley, your co-host as usual, together with 
the awesome Joe Quinn. Say hello, Joe. Hi there. We're also joined this week by Amari Roos. Hi, everyone. Amari is an editor on our Dutch sister site, nl.sat.net. So we're finally on the air after some teething problems with our new showtime. Going forward, we intend to do the show at a more reasonable time on our end. We apologize to our listeners on the uh, antipodes on the planet who will now have to get up earlier. They want to catch us live. We figured most of you listen anyway later at some point. You, will listen, you take a recording of the show anyway, so you don't need to hear it live. At 6 p.m. is a nice, healthier start for us. So 6 p.m. it is. So this week, we're just going to have a general look at what's going on. Um, we do want to, to open with uh, a particularly polemic and uh, hystericized, that's one of our favorite words, topics, uh, namely this thing that did or did not happen in some form or another, in particularly in the German city of Cologne on New Year's Eve, but also apparently reported elsewhere in Germany and in Europe. So we'll be looking at that situation. We'll also be doing a quick look at developments in the Middle East, um, maybe something on Syria. There's not really much change in the overall situation, as far as I know. There have been a lot of terror attacks and terror plots already. We're only two weeks into the new year. And incredibly, there have been two major ones, one in Jakarta, I think, <clears throat> the one in Istanbul, which was really dodgy, and uh, numerous other plots, namely ISIS, Islamic, in quotes, terror plots. So we're looking at some of those, and we also want to have a roundup of the crazy weather. There's been some mental weather. There always is, and, you know, we kind of say that it's always increasing. We can't really convince anyone of that with stats and figures, but it looks like it's worse. So we'll be looking at some of the insane weather phenomena that's been happening the last couple of weeks. So let's start. Oh, by the way, I want to remind people, you can call in. You know, we welcome people to call in and have a chat with us, ask questions, or bring up any topic that you want us to, right. to discuss. That's why it's a good idea to uh, listen live if you can. Exactly. It's more fun. You get to argue with us as well. More interactive. You get to get to tell us how we're totally wrong. Yeah. And you get to call me a liberal, no good hipster. Directly to my face. A lefty hipster. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of slack lately for some of it deserved. We're being a bit... Uh, the hipster part, for sure. <laughs> Not sure about lefty. Not sure about lefty, no. But we're, we're kind of hard to categorize. Oh yeah. I've been called everything from an extreme right nut job, neo Eurasianist, Dugan loving fascist, to a PC femi male libtard, which I think is a derogatory term for a leftist. You're a femi male libtard. Yep. That's my. That's what I call you. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm looking for him, where is that femi male libtard? Uh, but yeah, people can call in on our. Black, uh, call it host or get call in number which is 718 is the US number but you can use Skype uh, well you can call in directly with this number 718-508-9499 that's 0001 before that for the US because it's a US number or if you go to the show page of Blog Talk Radio you'll see a little Skype icon there where you can uh, 
connect with us directly via Skype uh, just by clicking on that icon and using your you know your Skype account. Um, so yeah, that's how to call and say what you think. Uh, but back to our hipster libtard family mail. Uh, Neil, what were you saying? Sorry. Uh, do we even know? Is there even any decent, fair idea of what actually happened? The city of Cologne on New Year's Eve. I mean, as the first thing I heard about this was four days after New Year's Day, fourth or fifth or something. Um, it was the first I heard about these, this mass sexual assault in the city on New Year's Eve. And this seemed to take off from there. Uh, initially, there was <clears throat> denial on the part of the authorities that anything had happened. Then there were, well, there were protests to go with the breaking news. So uh, I thought right away, okay, there's already protests, so something must have happened. Um, there is absolutely zero reliable video or, or photograph, photographic evidence of what's claimed, namely that about a thousand uh, huge young people of, quote, North African or Middle Eastern origin molested in some kind of organized fashion um, hundreds of women and young girls in the square outside the train station in Cologne. And it, that's the basic story. And then in subsequent days, other cities in Germany and elsewhere in Europe, I think, have reported similar sort of occurrences. The suggestion being that the that the suggestion that people are running away with uh, is that refugees, wherever they're wherever they're, they're currently at, all over Europe, have uh, at least some of them have organised themselves into gangs, going out and hunting. Eastern European women to molest and rob them. Actually, this is more than that. It's, the suggestion is that they are going out to hunt in packs to rape as many white Western women as they possibly can, which is why in some of these protests already we're seeing rape, rape UGs out of Europe. I mean, they've got, if somebody's come up with a banner, they've printed out these massive posters, and there's thousands of people walking through the streets of Germany, namely kind of Pegida, people who were already against immigrants in the first place. But they've got a term for them. They're now refugees based on precisely one claim of rape outside the train station on New Year's Eve in Cologne, Germany. So you see where I'm going with this. There, there's, there's, there's a kind of a, a perception a mass perception that is grossly distorted from what could best be described as the known facts. There are something like hundreds of complaints that have been filed with police in Cologne. So either there's a lot of women lying or shit, there is actually a basis to the claim because I don't think people would just file police complaints out of thin air. Uh, but it's still, whatever happened is still a long way off from some of the stuff that's going around. And, and when I say stuff that's going around, part of, part of this story, the reason why it's even a story in the alternative media is the claim that the mainstream press is covering it up. They're not reporting it. This, their evidence for that is the fact that these events mainly happened on New Year's Eve, but they didn't become a mainstream um, story until the 4th. 
Hence, in the interim, somebody was trying to make, oh, God, I heard about these rumors. Don't, don't let this get out. That's the assumption. Um, there's another there's a problem with that, though. What if, <clears throat> what if the hush-hush factor is not so much to let these evil people do their evil deeds, but if it's an awareness on the part of the authorities in Germany, for example, that if they let if they let this run away from them and say, yeah, uh, that's what it was. There was a mass sex attack on people by outsiders and yes, they were refugees and they just hold their hands up and more or less accept that as, as true. Then they have a problem. Either way, you, you see the problem for the authorities. Their hands are tied if they deny it or if they try to take advantage of it and say, yep, that's exactly what happened. And it, whether you're trying to win support from it or keep it quiet, you, you, you end up with a problem on your hands if you're Angela Merkel. Because uh, almost overnight, the sentiment against uh, immigration, immigrants in general, and in particular against the refugees that came from the Middle East, is has gone from about 60% happy enough with the situation as it is to... 60%, 60% of Germans saying no. Too many people don't want them here. So it didn't happen the way we predicted, but when the refugee crisis began in a big way last summer, it, we said, watch out for false flag terror attacks slash <clears throat> terror plots, even if they never actually happened being blamed on the refugees, even if only indirectly, by saying that, well, we know that so-and-so was a jihadist and he came through with the refugees from southeastern Europe. They, it looks to me like they've pulled something even weirder out of the bag. That was the obvious route for them to use to get people convinced that this horrible Muslim horde was coming. They've used something else. They've Taken, they've invented a new concept. It's not jihadi terrorism now, it's sexual terrorism, which is being reported as if it's actually a concept that exists. There, there, there is, there is, it's well known that rape is used, happens a lot in wars, um, and that armies have been more or less encouraged to use it as a weapon against the population they're conquering. But um, this is the first time that it's actually a terrorist tactic. Uh, worse than that, they're trying to give it a backstory. That, have you noticed that this Taharush Ghania concept, where this is an, an Arabic term for the very idea that people organize themselves to go out and do this to people. <clears throat> backstory, is, when you hear those terms, you think, oh, well, there's an Arabic word for this kind of practice, therefore it must be deeply ingrained in society and go back generations, right? Well, no, it's about eight years old, the term, the, the use of it. This is nearly, it's, it's, it's the Arab equivalent of newspeak. Basically, someone came up with the term, which doesn't mean that that kind of thing didn't go on in the past. Or <clears throat> Anyway, the suggestion is that this is a distinctly 
Arabic slash Muslim in and something inherent to their nature. They just like to grope and rape people in large numbers and always have. It's something to do with who they are. That's the take home belief they want you to go home with. Uh, <clears throat> we spent, I spent a week going, what the hell is wrong with people? Do we seriously believe this? That uh, this is something natural to an ethnic slash religious group, or I don't think so. No. Well, what do you tell us? What do you think? I think the whole thing is blown out of proportion. If you think about it, these people they risk their lives, their families' lives, and why would they shoot themselves in the foot by organizing a big group of thousand thousand people to? start harassing people. So I think this is being used to just make people hate people with a different skin color, you know, people from North Africa or the Middle East. It's just to increase their hatred towards them. And when I read it, I just thought this this can be the way they report it. I just don't think that um, even though you mentioned the term, even though, yeah, there might be a couple of crazy people, but a thousand people is a bit, to me, that's difficult to think it's true. It's, uh, I think, I think about 30 arrests have been made. 30. And the video footage you see is the square fireworks going off. I mean, it did look a little bit too riotous, but then it's New Year's Eve, and exactly. Western cities in general these days are going to hell. So people's idea of a street party isn't what it used to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the idea of a thousand people, the term a thousand people suggests that um, that it was either organized or, uh, like you were saying earlier, only lay suggest the idea of it being some kind of uh, it being endemic or to, to to Muslims, you know what I mean? That uh, there's a hive mind there and a thousand just uh, loosely loosely connected um, Muslims from wherever uh, who happened to be in Cologne at the time all just went into a feeding frenzy type thing. So it conjures up these images uh, for the, the fragile white western uh, mind and and feeds into the ongoing uh, demonization of Muslims in general in this really um, inane and simplistic and brain-dead kind of way where <clears throat> it's like Muslims are evil, like i.e. the other, some boogeyman type image. And of course that's been promoted in the, in the Western media and the Western government for at least the last 15 years since 9-11 and before it really. Uh, there was a concerted effort, and nobody should doubt this, basically. There was a concerted effort over the past, let's put it back, 20 years, starting 20 years ago, to present Muslims, uh, in particular Middle Eastern Muslims, but for the average person, uh, many of whom live in the West, who don't know where the Middle East is, or think that it's over there somewhere, Muslims will do. So Muslims are scary terrorists, all of them all 1.5 billion of them. So this is the level of discourse that we're dealing with, uh, the level 
uh, at which this propaganda is being projected, uh, or to which this propaganda is being projected, which is the uh, base emotional nature of people. And of course, it's reinforced by uh, the kind of terror attacks that have been carried out uh, over the past 15 or 16 years and, and beforehand, blamed on Muslims. Uh, started off with, I suppose, the uh, what is now known to be an FBI terror plot gone live, basically, which was the 1983 World Trade Center bombing. Uh, you can look it up, that was the FBI's uh, operation, basically, and for some reason they allowed their patsy, who they were grooming to be the terrorist, to go ahead and, and detonate a bomb, or the FBI detonated a bomb itself. That's 1983. And then after that you had uh, Muslims involved in bombing U.S. embassies in African countries and bombing uh, of the U.S.S. coal, for example. Oh, that was 2002, I think. Then you had 9-11, and then everybody knows more or less what's happened since then. So it's been a concerted effort to really uh, poison the minds of uh, particularly people in the West, but probably many people around the world, um, with this idea of the other, the non-Christian, the non-whitey, being evil. And of course it's a story that's as, as old as time, I suppose, but it's really taken on a a pretty heinous and uh, grotesque form uh, over the past couple of decades. And it's obviously been deliberately orchestrated, and you can see that by the way that they uh, present such crass and puerile and ridiculous and just nonsensical uh, uh, image, or present this image of um, Muslims, even calling Muslims. Muslims are terrorists. Muslims are scary. I mean, that's what you're getting from the average person in the street, and that defies all logic. You know, I mean, you credit the average person with some intelligence, uh, but they're being propagandized at the level of their kind of emotions. And this obviously, like I was saying, directly involves terror attacks where you bypass the uh, the thinking process involving your people and hit them in their emotions and you just scare them and go, boo, uh, and then you get them, you're able then to implant these kind of ridiculous notions that otherwise they, ordinary people would reject or think, well, that's stupid, that doesn't make sense. But now it makes sense, I suppose, because, they, because they've been hit at, at this emotional level and they can now believe that Muslims are terrorists and not stop to think that there are 1.5 billion Muslims in the world. That's like a, a, more, a quarter, at least, of the world's population. Um, and they live all over the world. Uh, yet a few, you know, uh, a few uh, a few terrorists, a few Muslims, supposedly, um, who carry out a few terror attacks have somehow managed to uh, demonize all Muslims around the world. It just doesn't make any sense. So, we really should be questioned in that respect, but uh, unfortunately, most people aren't into questioning. They don't like questions. It reminds me of school when I had to answer hard questions. Yeah, and the questions that are thrown at us uh, are so, wait, so you're not saying that this refugee crisis is contrived to some extent? No, they don't even put it as, as nuanced as that. People can question to the point where they understand that something different is going on, something unusual. The sheer numbers of people involved. I think it's, well, the German government says they've taken in 1.1 million people in 2015. That's a lot of people. That is a lot. Whereas Europe in general, their immigration policy was typically, as a term, fortress Europe. They mean to keep people out. 
So it's a multi-layered issue because on the one hand, there are so many individual migrations of people and it's all amassing to one big one and they are primarily heading towards Europe. Well, some of the biggest waves of groups, streams of people are towards Europe. This is, but this has been going on for some time and it's been building up. You have an actual objective situation where that's happening. And, of course, that's happening in large part because their countries are being destroyed by NATO. Among other things, there are also economic factors. You see, their countries are destroyed because they also have no work, no hopes. Because the elite in their country are a bunch of nutjob, jihadi, head-shopping, crazy people who, who, if you want to direct your ire at evil Muslims, it, it should be there. And remember that they're in bed because they've got in the pocket of powerful people in the West, you see. So the, the, and the, the point we bring it home to is that the net result is, is what counts. What's the net change? Well, the net change is that people in the West are freaking out about Muslims, period. They're not freaking out and going, what are our elites? Well, no, they kind of are. There's anger going up upwards towards Merkel because they critically thought it through, kind of. They understand that the problems they see around them ultimately come from the top. But it's like, it's like, a, it's like a limited hangout where it, it goes so far and then they're still ready, easy prey then, for other even more powerful manipulative forces to use them against or as pressure against Merkel, mm-hmm. for example. Um, clearly something organized it. I mean, they had statements coming from guys, <clears throat> allegedly statements from some of these people in the square in Cologne that night. And one of them gets the sound bite out and it's quoted across the media. I am from Syria Something is crass with this. Hi, I'm from Syria. Yes, I grew up women. And uh, you can't touch me because Merkel likes me. That was basically the message. And they, I mean, that is just like too, it's, it's too perfect. No one would actually say that. But that's the message they want Europeans to go, oh my God, it's all coming together now. I see it. I see the big conspiracy. So our elites are evil idiots. And they're deliberately bringing in all these refugees so that they can replace us as a new slave labor force. And our elites are therefore against us. That's a good thing. Okay, you got to the point where you figured out that the elites are idiots slash in it for their own interests. Then they don't look after your best interests. Okay, good. You got that. But you've got something else hanging in there that is just trouble. And that's why we talk about fascism coming, because the next steps are so predictable. Somebody comes in and cleans up the mess created by the elites, in quotes. But it's multi-layered because there's more to it than just that. What's coming in behind it is going to be even worse. I mean... Uh, I think it was I think it was in Harrison's article. We have an article up on this. So he pointed out the amazing similarity with what 
exactly they were demonizing Jews with in Nazi Germany. And a lot of it had this kind of flavor to it, where the thing that got people riled up the most was suggestions that the other was praying sexually. And this obsession with, oh, okay, that's, that's the lowest, you know. It, it, it provokes the kind of white knight syndrome across an entire society. I've got to defend, I've got to defend, <clears throat> mm. defend my people, my women's. <laughs> from people who don't give a shit about other people, never mind uh, women's rights on any other day. Nevertheless, th- this taps into something deep, and I think that's why there's been such a serious backlash to this. Even stronger, I think, than the terror attack in Paris back in November. They had to really work to connect it to refugees. They said, oh, well... Some of the guys there, they left passports, okay, and the passports were ones they picked up in Serbia and Hungary on the way into Europe. Okay, and then later they dropped and said, actually, no, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? They had to work to get people to see, see the connection between the refugees and the terrorists. Therefore, refugees are terrorists, therefore Muslims are terrorists. This was different. All it took was a maybe story. Well, I won't call it a maybe story. I think people were definitely attacked in Cologne and other cities on New Year's Eve. Um, but they got blown out of all proportion and, and abbreviated into the story about mass rape. Oh, my God, the rape of Europe. And, and it's, it's had much better effect than anything else in, 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 in creating this massive spike in anti-Muslim sentiment. Yeah, um, yeah, that idea of you know, again, propagandizing uh, against people in, in in Europe at that level of the right to get our women, you know, I mean that's the classic old kind of uh, racist uh, diatribe about you know foreigners come to take our women and our jobs, yeah. you know. I mean, obviously someone here is anybody going to suggest that this is happening by accident, you know, when you can identify these really. Uh, Kind of core uh, issues that that really um, that really push people's buttons and, and provoke hysteria and stuff. Uh, when you identify that those are being are being used, you're going to suggest that in this context that this is just by accident. When, as I just said earlier, for the past 20 years, there's been a very concerted effort to demonise Muslims to people in the West, in the US, and in Europe demonize people, particularly Muslims of the Middle East in particular, in order to justify uh, Western government and military invasion and occupation and control of the Middle East. I mean, if you want to attack someone, you have to demonize them first. This isn't rocket science. This is pop psychology 101. You demonize the enemy and and you make it just just justify an invasion. I mean, if I want to, you know, if I have a neighbor who I'm pissed off at, for whatever reason, or say I want his house and his property and he won't sell it to me. Well then, you know, some psycho would probably very quickly come up with the idea of, well, I'm going to make him look bad to all the rest of the people in the community and try and get him kicked out. Or uh, I'm going to start a fight, I'm going to provoke him into fighting with me and then make him look bad or whatever, you know. So, I mean, it's fairly basic psychology here, but it's being used against the people of the West uh, in, in the context of demonizing Muslims so that Western powers can justify imperial invasions and expansions and control of the Middle East, but that's not where it ends. 
because obviously the so-called blowback from that from them, which is equally contrived, where you have refugees coming into Europe from these war zones uh, or NATO war zones, um, that is then being used by Western governments in Europe and in the US to justify uh, more draconian and fascistic uh, policies and laws and getting them passed and pushed through government, pushed, pushed through legisl- um, legislative bodies, um, this then becomes a direct attack on the freedoms and liberties of Western uh, citizens and civilians. And that appears to have been uh, ult- the ultimate goal all the way along, or certainly you know, a secondary uh, intended agenda of the whole war on terror. And this is what a lot of people have been saying for a long time, obviously, that, you know, uh, I mean, this isn't new because, you know, with the Patriot Act in the U.S. and different legislation in Europe, people have been saying over the past 15 years, um, saying the government said that the Muslims were attacking us to take away our freedoms and our liberties, and yet that's precisely what the government itself is doing uh, on the basis of protecting us from the evil terrorists. So who are the evil terrorists? Well, by now everybody should know who the evil terrorists are. The evil terrorists are effectively a mercenary proxy army in the pay of Western powers or their client states in different parts of the world, in particular in the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Qatar. These people are actually funding, training, arming these so-called terrorists who are a threat to the West, i.e. the West is funding terrorists who are a threat to the West. Why would Western governments want to create a threat to the West? Well, I just explained it so they can pass more draconian legislation and remove civil liberties and clamp down on the people's, people in Western, Western countries to, to corral them, let's say, to a, to a more finer a more fine order of control. Uh, and that's what these people want. These people in a second-passing position of power want control over everything and everybody. They want more and more finer and tighter control over everything and everybody, all the processes within a country, the social, cultural, uh, legal and political processes uh, in any country. They want to tighten those and control them so that they can control the people because ultimately, as I've said on many occasions, uh, really the only valuable resource on this planet is human resource or human resources, i.e. human beings. Uh, money, for example, if you take money down to its its source, money equates to as a direct uh, um translates directly to the energy of ordinary human beings. Where does money I mean where does money come from? How is money generated? How is wealth generated? If you take away the working class not the working class but the working people, people who actually go to work every day, um, if you take them away, how are you going to generate any money? How is that going to feed up into the system and create the wealth that people that you know, the one percent or whatever uh, are able to generate massive amounts of money from they can't. They generate it from basically the sweat of the brow of the ordinary people in this world. And that uh, as well, the brow is, there, is the energy of ordinary people. So money equals the energy of ordinary people. So if you want to control the money supply and, and, and squeeze it more and more, you have to squeeze people more and more. You have to control them. And you know, and we've seen that in, in, in many different ways over the past, in the past few years, you know, the way people in Western countries have been um, increasingly controlled and corralled. I mean, look at Greece, for example, you know, I mean, that's just one example, but there's so many examples we could go into. But we have a call, um, uh, a call from Andrew from planet Earth. Certainly hope he's from planet Earth, because we don't take calls from any other planets. 
hey, Andrew. Hi. Yeah, man, you're making some very good points. Um, I just, I'm not, I, I find it fascinating that uh, it just seems to me like people just cannot seem to work together. And even when you bring people solutions, they don't want to work. You know, it's it's like uh, this thing with the European refugees. I mean, I just got into the into the show, into the call now recently, so I don't know everything that you've said about that. But it's sort of mm-hmm. like um, I'd rather be, you know, people would rather be righteously indignant about the whole situation and and protest and march through the streets instead of actually mm-hmm. doing something about what's going on in a sense of logical straightforward, holistic solutions. So, okay, let's look at the situation. You've got people coming into our nation from outside of the country. And the politicians are allowing this because it creates a dialectic process by which they can bring in a police state. So people can, people can first of all, be not, you know, not so sort of emotionally driven and figure that out. Then say, okay, well, what we could do, we could either start fighting with the people that are coming in, or we could start fighting with the government, and that's not going to work because government is going to they've got a stronger force than us okay and they pay people on the payroll and people are indoctrinated to become soldiers etc so that's not going to work they've got superior firepower okay so fighting with the refugees well that creates a dialectic process they want to bring in the police state or we could work with the refugees and decentralize the money system and come up with our own food supply and get some solar panels in here you know but Mm -hmm. nobody wants to do that why is it that nobody wants to do that as soon as you start speaking to someone, generally speaking, as soon as I start speaking to people, even on the air about this sort of thing, no one actually calls me back or emails me or, you know, I mean, it just uh, it just sort of goes in one ear and out the, out the other. And then people go back to rioting the streets or, or holding a sign. Government must give us. I mean, come on, please, people. When did government ever do anything for anyone that wasn't elite and running the government? You know? Mm-hmm. Seriously, guys, I mean, how long is it going to take for people to get past government must, which is a stupid moot point? It's a moot point. It's a a sham. We know it's a sham. We know that government's there to distract everyone. When are people going to start getting to, ah, yes, we must innovate in order to be able to counteract the effects of the psychological program, etc., that is running right now against us? Mm. So that's, anyway, that's my whole whole rant. Uh, What are your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, there's almost a schizophrenic feel to it because on the one hand, you'll see uh, you know people complaining, like on one article, for example, on a, on a website, on a mainstream media news website, uh, complaining about government, uh, you know, on an article about the government, what the government's done wrong with, you know, in the country, etc. You have all these people commenting on it, complaining about the government and calling them all sorts of names and saying how corrupt they are. But then uh, they'll flick over to a... a an article on refugees, and they'll start shouting about how the government uh, should do something about refugees. You know, uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's no exactly. logic involved. You know, but but it's actually like just lazy sheep, because it's like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, like you just said, you know, I, I hate the government, and I oh, the government's no good, but they must they must work for us because somebody wants. It's kind of like it's kind of like someone who's being abused by their spouse. And they're, they're like mm-hmm. constantly saying to everybody, you know, my spouse really shouldn't be doing this to me. And then and they're complaining about them. And then they're still asking their spouse who's abusing them, maybe hitting them in the face every night, you know, whatever it might be, uh, bruising them up and, and saying to them, you know, I really, you need to provide for me. I'm your spouse. Okay, first of all, mm-hmm. the person that keeps hitting you in the face is not going to provide for you. They don't care about you. The whole kind of concept of spouse, of 
of, of someone who supposedly cares about you. It's not there. It's not real. You can call a pile of crap gold, but it is not gold. You know, it, it, you can say that something is one way, but it, well, how long will it, take, will it take for people to just figure out that, I mean, it, it sounds crazy. Like what I'm saying, it sounds like crazy talk, but that's really, it's like, that's, that's the only thing I can do to try to explain this. It, when you try to explain something that's incredibly complex in a simple way, on, on, on every single level, you're getting screwed. It's called lying. People lie. When are people going to stop, you know, wanting to believe the lie? As Hitler said, you tell a big lie, people will more likely believe it. I mean, what is it going to take? What psychological method or is it just that those of us that are awake need to kind of chuckle to ourselves and go, <laughs> they're never, the vast majority of people are never going to do anything. So we need to do what's right for us and our own and go a little bit and Rand on it, you know, and mm -hmm. just kind of, when people go, oh, please help us, when the, when the shit really does hit the fan, kind of go, well, you know, I had a campaign running and I had a website up and no one listened to me. And right now it's too late. Sorry. Enjoy World War Three or enjoy the chaos situation that's in your nation right now. We've all moved on to another place, you know, maybe somewhere near Iceland or, uh, you know, people mm -hmm. could come up with their own havens or maybe in Switzerland or somewhere. You know, there's few people that are awake and actually kind of know what to do. But anyway... Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just being too pessimistic. Uh, well, no, I think no. it's a fairly objective uh, assessment of the situation, to be honest. Yeah. You know, um, and it's and it's to be seen. Uh, I mean, we see we're, right now we're at the kind of on the cusp or on the uh, on the edge of what seems to be some the kind of scenario that you're uh, presenting. They're actually becoming real and actually manifesting in a real way for people and. Um, so it remains to be seen just exactly how people will react, but I think we can predict it pretty pretty well. I don't see any other way that it's going to happen where, uh, kind of as you say, that people are suddenly going to be up in arms about uh, with what's going on, you know, as, as, as things get worse as the chaos descends. And I suppose the only thing they'll do is they'll look again, look to the government and demand that the government do something about the chaos that the government created. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the best thing right now, like Robert Steele's been saying it in the United States uh, to young people. You know, he's ex-CIA. He got involved in politics. He's one of the number one reviewers on Amazon.com. He's not a stupid person at all. He's a highly intelligent man. And he says, you know what, if you're a young person right now, the best thing that you can go and do is try to form a sustainable village. Because, you know, what he sees, the potential that he sees for bad things to go down and that the system is utterly and totally broken from a perspective of someone that understands systems. Now, he, he's basically saying if he could go back and, and kind of like start over, build a sustainable village, you know, get off the grid, get out of the, uh, the mainstream because the mainstream is busy failing. People, people, people forget every 80 years or so. It's like, uh, yeah, I wasn't born. I wasn't around. Uh, I don't know. What was it called? Black Monday in the United States. But I mean, we, we've seen recessions and things at the end of the day, uh, it can happen again, and it can get really bad, and then things are getting really bad for a lot of people. It's just that you know, many people are banding together to hang on by their fingertips. A lot of young people are not moving out of houses, uh, out of parents' houses and so on, because people cannot afford to do so, uh, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And like with Obamacare now in the States, it's just it's getting ridiculous. So people are going to start gradually. I, I don't think it's going to be an absolute crash, but things are just going to get progressively worse as we move to 2020 and then eventually 2025, 2030. You know, you'll basically see the United States is becoming like, like Soviet Russia. And all they've done is they've just flipped the coin. It's the same old game. IMF going up, mm -hmm. BRICS coming in. 
you know, this this was written about by guys like Anatoly Golitsyn uh, in the, and I think it was two books, New Lies for Old and the Prehistorica Deception. Now, this guy is ex-KGB, Anatoly Golitsyn. And he said, look, basically, the USSR is going to become the great kind of like, well, it will become democracy first, and then it would become the one that carries the torch that everyone will look up to in the world. Because, uh, man, just as what Putin's doing right now, he's looking like the good guy, uh, you know, uh, he's studied criminal law, international law, uh, and he understands, and he's doing everything by the book, so he's keeping things A-OK. The United States government, on the other hand, is looking like the baddie, which it has been, you know, it's in many people's eyes, in many nations' eyes, for, you know, the last, like, sort of 50, uh, 50, uh, sorry, five decades, 50 years after the after World War II and just beyond. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so America now, the bad, the baddie, and, and, uh, you know, world, but, but now we're getting socialism out of it because, um, you know, uh, Russia is going to be a socialist democracy, and which is, I mean, we all know democracy is a farce. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the PR is brilliant. And we're getting communism light. It's like worldwide communism light. The uh, United States comes down to the level of most, uh, sort of down closer towards the level of most third world countries. And most third world countries come up closer to the level of the United States. So you get this baseline for the new world. That is coming into being, and uh, it's like if you can, <laughs> it, 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 but it's like a 50-year process. So you're like 50 years away, and then like 100 years for it to solidify. So things happen very slowly. I, I sometimes question whether it's even worth getting on the airwaves to speak about these things because only the people that do survive and thrive. Like you know, mm-hmm. if you spend time working on your business or selling gold bullion or whatever it's going to be, you know, selling solar panels, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you start storing up real assets get real friends, you know, that's what I'm trying to figure out how to do right now, uh, you know, trying to find people that like that are legit, that are going to be like, okay, yes, we, we've got a farm, and so-and-so has got a farm over there, and we've got real assets, and we can work together, because uh, at the end of the day, if you, uh, you know, if you find yourself left without any real skills, or, you know, if you've just been pushing paper, and you lose your job in the recession, that's probably going to hit in 2016 and something's probably going to go down. A lot of people have been predicting mm-hmm. that, a lot of people. Uh, then, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be in the bread line, man. You know, it, it's, it's, it, yeah. I, I mean, only, I, I think time is up. don't see it coming, you know? Yeah, it's people, hard for I, see it coming. As a lot of people are, food in the shops right now. Sorry, say again? As long as there's food in the shops right now, people just, uh, just live for today, you know? Well, what I've been getting from a lot of people is just, uh, like, first of all, um, people don't want to hear the doom and gloom. Uh, you know, there's a lot right. of power of positive thinking stuff out there. Like, yes, there, power, of positive, power of positive thinking statistically will help you to see more opportunities, which is awesome, you know. But at the same time, you know, there's realities out there about what is really going on behind the scenes. And, I mean, there's a lot of preppers and that sort of thing. But I wish people would collaborate half as much as they prep. You know, because everyone's prepping for just their little nucleus, their little tiny group that's like maybe five, ten people. Instead of saying, hey, guys, why don't we prep as a town for like what's currently going down? Why don't we put in our own smart grid? You know, et cetera, et cetera. But for whatever reason, people are just unable to work together. Um, I, I think that, I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it's scary to say, but you, you get to the point of frustration where you're like, you know, maybe, I, I hate to say this, I really hate hate to say this, but human beings in general, we prove it over and over and over and over again. You know, maybe Aldous Huxley and those guys, maybe they were right. 
I'm sorry to say, like in, in the sense that if people are not able to figure it out, then do they deserve to be ruled? That's my big question. Yeah. Or not willing to take the responsibility. Well. Are you, like, you know, in, in Hitler's Nazi Germany, would, everyone, would anyone ever go back and say, oh, shame, you know, those poor Nazis, you know, they, they, just, they just didn't know what was happening. Or did everyone have a choice? A lot of people left. A lot of people were like, look, we're not in for this. Let's just get the hell out of the country. Let's get out yeah. right now. I, I'm not going in for this. We don't want to be part of this. We can see what's going on. Those are the people that were really smart, that, like, that actually got out and said, okay, well, and there were a lot of Jewish people as well that had the option to leave, and they were just like, and they had to, yes, it was a tough option. I'm not saying it was fair at all, but they had the option to leave and leave their belongings behind. They had the option to leave, but they chose to stay. And it's a tough mm -hmm. choice. It's an incredibly tough choice. Like, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know under the circumstances. I don't know if I would do it. Because we are all, when, when it comes to the crunch, you know, to the real, like you put five people in a room that supposedly love each other, but only feed them one meal enough for one person every day. Mm -hmm. And you see how long it takes before they attack each other. That's the problem. You know, human beings, we let ourselves get into those situations. Uh, I, I, I mean, I... I, I would love to see maybe SOTT.net would be able to put together a, uh, you know, an alternative uh, community guideline for building your own smart grid and money system that could potentially um, reach a lot more people. Because I don't have the viewership or whatever on my little website out there to, you know, like, uh, which I've started building to try and even make a dent because no one's listening. Mm. You know, I, I don't have coverage. Um, you know, what about maybe doing a show once a week on just community uh, community uh, alternatives implementation, mm -hmm. sustainable community alternatives, and how, how are people implement, implementing it? Instead of discussing, oh, the New World Order is doing this, the New World Order is doing that, it, yes, it's important to do that. It's important to know what's going on. But, I mean, it would be so cool to hear about positive change as well uh, on a town-by-town on a town or a city-by-city -city basis. You know, I'd love mm. to hear something like New York's just gone green and the people now own the wind turbines and they're telling the federal government to go just fly a kite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to hear, man. Anyway. Have you, uh, where are you calling from, uh, Andrew? Look, I, I say planet Earth because I tend to find that people tend to judge you based on where you're geographically located. But I've been located in Africa for quite a while now. Um, I was going to say South Africa, but... Yeah. Yeah, I've been located uh, here for quite a while. Yeah, you, are you travel around, or are you... Look, I mean, I have traveled, but um, it's, uh, you know, it's home base at the moment, and yeah. I had to reevaluate a lot of stuff. Um, and, you know, it's... Uh, I, I just... Uh, yeah, I, I hesitate to say too much because then it becomes about the, the geographical region and not the worldwide solutions. But yeah, you know. okay, we're not going to judge. Um, I was going to say to you though that uh, we actually have a forum. You know, I'm not sure if it is, is it linked on Twitter. No, it's not linked on Twitter. Maybe not. We have a forum uh, that discusses an awful lot of different things, but it includes the kind of stuff you're talking about there about um, you know what people can do as kind of groups and stuff to, to deal with stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you'd be interested. It's a uh, it's um the website it's cas uh, it's it's the website is Cassiopeia C A S S I O P A E A dot org Cassiopeia dot org and forward slash forum. There's a lot of stuff on there but that's uh, there's a there's a there's a, a large number of people there who are all kind of um 
kind of think more or less the same way we do. I mean, Sat.net mm-hmm. is primarily about, um, you know, the stuff that's going on in the world and stuff. Um, although we do report on kind of alternative ideas, etc. as well, but um, Forum is really for people to get together and kind of discuss those kind of things and, and work things out. So, right. I don't know, I'm just throwing it out I there. I just know that. I, I'm just to find it on the search engine. Is it C-A-S? Is I-O-P-E-A? A-E-A, yeah. Dot org. A-E-A at the end. Dot org, but then do a forward slash forum after that. Okay. Okay, I see now. All right, it's spelled slightly differently. Um yeah. Great. So you've got a lot of people already <laughs> chatting yeah. on the forum. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so check it out and see, see what you think, you know. I wish that there was a way to be able to uh, easily click, uh, you know, see where it used to, you used to be able to see when people are on Skype. And mm. uh, I find that uh, live chat is a lot easier uh, for people to communicate than forums in terms of uh, real-time communication, just getting things done. Because, uh, you know, you can message someone on a forum and wait six months to get a reply sometimes. Uh, yeah, well, that's usually not the case on ours. Ours is pretty pretty active, you know. It's on you know, stuff is responded to pretty promptly, you know, um, within a day or so. But uh, but well, it's just, we have a lot of people on there, so like the idea of having everybody on a, on an instant messaging thing just wouldn't work, you know. Um, oh. We do it for maybe for more 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 concise or more kind of um, more concentrated like little group discussions and stuff. But for yeah. for the range of topics that we discuss and stuff, it's uh, it's not really practical to have everybody. Chatting at each other in real time, you know. No, sure. I was I was speaking more about like a little Skype button where you could look at a particular region. So let's say that there was uh, you wanted to browse users from South Africa. Um, mm. I uh, I'd love to see a directory like that. I think that um, Full Circle Project has got that, uh, but they're struggling because I don't think they have nearly as much uh, users as you do, and mm. uh, it is kind of working. But once again, there's no like easy button to press. To see, oh, this person's online right now, and I can speak to them. There's no, uh, there's no like little. Uh, okay, well, I tell you what, they're offline right now, but please uh, push an email through to me once they come online, uh, and I'd like to be able to, you know, to give them a buzz kind of thing, and it pops up on your yeah. cell phone. So there's, I mean, even even mm. email, even email though, by a definition, it, it's kind of limited because it sits in your yeah. inbox, and sometimes it goes to spam. So. I really wish that there were easier ways. I think that I find that Skype is the easiest way. You just you add people. If everyone had their Skype name on your forums, then we could uh, see who comes online and really start getting the discussion going. Decentralized, of course. I mean, not like with a hundred people at once, busy trying to chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Well, listen, Andrew. Thanks. It's been good to uh, talk to you. Thanks for calling in and sharing Thank your you. sharing your Thank views. Thank you. Your forum looks and, great, uh, by the way. Thank you for this. And, and yeah, and I hope you'll uh, tune in again and, and offer your perspective on things as we as we go forward. I'm sure there'll be lots of stuff to talk about as as you mentioned earlier. Things get a bit more chaotic uh, as we go forward through this year, I suppose. Thanks so much. All have right, a, Andrew. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye bye. So um, yeah, people should really be just ditching the government, I suppose, uh, and thinking about what they can do. And looking back to the way people in times gone by maybe uh, um, lived and, and worked together in smaller communities, even towns and stuff, uh, was largely um, detached from any significant 
uh, authority oversight or influence or um, interference in their affairs. You know, people for uh, for probably most of human history, that's the way people lived. You know, but it's just people become so dependent on um, on authority to, as Andrew was saying, or on authority to answer all their questions for them. They've become become almost uh, you know incapable of looking after themselves yeah. effectively. They're deer in the headlights. Yeah. Because of the fear that's <clears throat> well there's it's working on them in two ways. It's coming at them in all directions because on the one hand it's artificial. They're provoked to feel afraid by terror attacks, among other yeah. boogie mouse stories. The government presents to them things that and they then, feel and then, they can't deal with. And in the realization that I've got to get out. This relationship's just, just really abusive. I need to get out of that. As a, being someone who survived an abusive husband would tell you, you're then compounded with the fear of, how do I get out? Can I do it? Will you kill me in the process? Mm. You know, it's, it's a, a terribly fearful situation. It's a really good analogy, actually, for uh, the people and authorities, really, at this point. You know, yeah. they, they are, the authorities are abusive. Um, they, they, fit all the, check all the boxes for an abusive spouse, basically, uh, you know, where they they provide certain things that make you feel uh, safe to a certain extent, but at the same time, they are, in effect, the cause of your fear. You know, so they're, uh, as Andrew was saying, they're kind of slapping you with one hand and then afterwards petting you with the other one and saying, it's okay, it's okay, I'll stop the slaps. And the person goes... You know, it's the other one who's loving me. Uh, this doesn't feel right. And it's like, well, you know, that's the way the world is. The world's a scary place, and you have to get slaps now and again. <laughs> and, you know, if you go somewhere else, it could just be worse, and it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And, you know, so they really do, uh, and they're, they're vindictive, and, you know, they manipulate. I mean, that's, the that's really the way governments operate yeah, these days, yeah, you know? Yeah. Sick. They hate you for your good looks, baby, so I'm going to keep beating you in the face and thereby remove your good looks, mm. and then they won't come after you. Mm. See? That kind of thing, yeah. Uh, wait. Um, do we want to do a little quick uh, roundup of some other events? Yeah, well, there's... On a political sphere. Go on, then. It's only one sphere, but there it is. Run it down, and then we're going to talk about the economy. Um, the economy. Erdogan, eh? The Sultan. Is he nuts or what? I mean, in what has got to be, I'm going to go straight out and say, call it what it is. It's got to be the most brazen piece of diabolical posturing ever. So there's a terror attack two days ago in Istanbul. It's in the middle of the hysteria back in Germany about the refugees. Oh my God, they're sexualized, they're, they're raping us. And then there's a terror attack in Istanbul at the German monument, I think it's called, in Istanbul where German tourists are gathered around and a quote-unquote suicide bomb blows himself up. Eight Germans are killed, German tourists. And Erdogan's like jumping on it and making statements to the effect that, yeah, ISIS did this. ISIS did this, and you're either with Turkey or you're with the terrorists. <laughs> this is after the guy's been exposed to anyone who's paying attention. So I, wasn't, I was going to say the whole world, but not really. The Western media still has his back, so there's still life for him. But after he's pretty much exposed, even, I hope even sleeping, hypnotized liberals are starting to go, this Erdogan is a bit 
up to his neck in ISIS dealings here, isn't he? After all that that happened when Russia basically exposed him with the stealing Syrian oil or paying ISIS to steal a form, then ISIS pops up in Istanbul. Perfect timing. And it hits Germans. And you see, Merkel then can make a statement along with Erdogan. Yeah. You see, it's those evil terrorists against us and we're all in it together. Oh my God, it's just so sick. It's so brazen. It's. But it does work for some people. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing. It still works. Well, it's like I was saying before. I mean, that's all you have to do. I mean, you can be exposed in the most blatant, transparent way. I mean, the whole world can be looking at you and saying, you are pure evil. You did this. Everybody knows. And if you turn around and go, uh, suicide bomber, uh, kaboom, uh, boogeyman, people go, oh, what, what, uh, uh, oh, geez, boogeyman, what, 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 what will I do? Well, listen to me. And then they completely forget that a few months previously they were pointing at you saying you're a piece of evil crap. Uh, and they'll say, okay, you tell us what to do now about the boogeyman. It's so, oh, it's horrible that that, that it's possible to even do that to human beings. That's the problem. That the failing or the vulnerability or whatever in human beings that allows for that ridiculous, you know, switch to happen where they can completely forget what they were thinking five minutes ago, what they knew to be true five minutes ago, and they, now five minutes later they can, they can think exactly the opposite is true. It's just... Uh, God, what do you do with that? Like, I mean, it's just a recipe for disaster in, in the hands of someone who's willing to manipulate it and who wants to manipulate it. Anyway, there's one other terror attack in Jakarta two days ago as well. I think the same time. No, ISIS. ISIS. Same thing? Yeah. ISIS. Indonesia, ISIS. There's going to be an uh, Antarctica, ISIS. I mean, it, are they just going to use ISIS every time? Antarctica? No, I'm just throwing it out there. I yeah. mean, if they're going to Indonesia. Right. Yeah, going to Mexico. Right. I don't know. I mean, they may as well go to Antarctica. Yeah, they'll be they'll be blowing up the research lab in, in Antarctica. Suicide seals. Yeah, and some of the the seals will like, uh, uh, you know, and they'll. So what are those seals saying? And they'll say, well, we've used a, an animal uh, linguist to uh, interpret what the seals were saying, and they claim that they're members of ISIS and they were responsible for blowing up the, uh, the research lab in Antarctica. <clears throat> and I really go. ISIS, you know, and, you know, maybe some explosions on the moon, maybe, and they'll, they'll get the Hubble telescope to focus on the moon and see a little uh, a little ISIS flag on the moon there. Uh, yeah, why not? Go ahead. The whole thing is a farce. Just a, oh, my God, it's so not funny anymore. Do, do any of you know what happened in Jakarta? I literally caught it on the way out the door kind of thing. It sounded like a multiple, it was this multi-site thing like in Paris. Yeah, basically, but it was like apparently two people were killed and five of the so-called ISIS terrorists were killed, so it wasn't exactly comparable to Paris. Okay. Uh, so it was just a couple of paid, manipulated, mind-programmed kind of nut jobs who were given some money to go or, or whipped up into, into the state to go and uh, attack this, uh, I think it might have been a shopping mall or something like that. And... Um, and then, you know, somebody, yeah, ISIS comes on the web, <laughs> ISIS gets on the internet and say, we did that. That was us. 
and yeah, everybody goes, wow, that's so true. I mean, that's got to be true. Within on the internet, some jihadi on the internet said ISIS did it. Let's put that all over the mainstream press because it's just so reliable. Jesus Christ of Almighty. And there's uh, another incident in Burkina Faso. Anyone know anything about that? That was an ISIS elephant. <laughs> it was? Yeah. Suicide elephant. Whoa. There was an elephant actually recently um, went on the rampage, I think, in India and, and trashed a, a rickshaw. Or maybe it was Bangkok or something like that. Anyway, it was somewhere um, over that direction. Uh, and I, and I, an elephant got angry and, <laughs> and stomped on a rickshaw. And... Um, and I'm, I'm waiting now for ISIS to claim responsibility. The internet. On the internet, of course, yeah. The most, the, the, the really the hardcore, reliable archive. But the elephant driving the rickshaw, that was his job. He, yeah, no, he, he wasn't, wasn't getting paid. He, he got sacked from driving the rickshaw and he was angry at his employer, so he went and wrecked the, the rickshaw. And, and said he, and, and then afterwards, when he was taken into custody, he was questioned and he said he was radicalized by ISIS. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they're going nuts though. Yeah, I mean, it's there, there's no way to to be able to say that there's a definite increase. But we just collect reports, and all we can see is, didn't I see this last week? No, this is a new event of a similar kind. It could be an elephant rampage. It could be a boar rampage in Europe. It could be a bear rampage um, in Russia, and. I've seen Russian reports and people there have said, this is unusual. I mean, I've never seen anything like this, but they're coming into towns and um, brazenly stealing food, attacking people, running back off, hunting in packs. They've been watching the news. And they've just been looking they've at been the radicalized. Weekend. No, they're not radicalized. They've been watching the news and realized that people are so stupid. <laughs> and I thought, well, geez, Christ, what's stopping us from just going in here and taking over? Like, you know, let's just, we'll just march in here and carry an ISIS flag and everyone will run. And, uh, and then we'll take over the town, you know. Um, yeah, I wouldn't blame animals if they just decided, you know, you guys aren't doing a very good job of uh, being the top of the heap in the plant here, so uh, we're going to just push out, take over, do a far better job. Um, yeah, so is that it on our other... Somewhat significant? Um, a couple of geopolitical shifty type stuffs. Um, so the sanctions against Iran have formally been lifted, uh, except they haven't. Mm. <laughs> it's hilarious. So the headlines are all like, sanctions in Iran lifted, Iranians jubilant. Uh, pictures of them with wads of U.S. dollars, as if to suggest that the Iranians are now free and happy to be able to use dollars. I don't know what that image was trying to suggest. But, um, yeah, the the sanctions against Iran that were slapped on them, which have nothing to do with the issue, but were justified by the issue about the nuclear issue are over. And immediately the breaking news is U.S. Um, passes new sanctions against Iran because of its missile well, program. Missile sanctions, yeah. <laughs> so in a way, it, it's well, all this is is basically it's 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 management. It's we don't want Iran to suddenly become. I think that's a bit of a free overnight. It's, it's a bit of a stop to the Israeli firsters and yeah. the Israeli government, you know. Okay, you know, Iran's allowed to be prosperous and uh, you know, do business with the rest of the world but um enter the the Western markets, capital markets and stuff, but uh Israel's still peeing its pants 
uh, over Iran, saying that they are, you know, worse than ISIS and stuff. So it's just silly, like, you know. Um, so, um, but the other one, peeing the pants, and demonstrably so, is Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Around New Year, there was this freak out where, well, Saudi Arabia, they went nuts and they executed 47 people in one day, which is really high, even for them. They love chopping people's heads off. And one of the people's heads they chopped off was a Shia cleric living or temporarily it was in prison in Saudi Arabia. Arabia. And that's exactly what you want to do to inflame your opposing number, specifically Iran, but Shia Muslims in general. And of course, that's what happened. Iran says very, very bad. Uh, Declared some kind of sanctions. I think they, they, they stopped all trade or something with Saudi Arabia. And there were counterattacks, blah, 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 back and forth. And I, now it makes sense. I think the Saudis did this with the end of the sanctions regime in mind. Mm-hmm. They, they're, basically, they're basically not going to be number one economic power in the Middle East anymore because the population of Iran is three times. It's also got the equivalent or similar in gas and oil reserves, which you can start making well, which, which you would start making money from, except the bottom is falling out of the energy market. Oil has now gone below $30 a barrel, first time in, since 2004. Anyway, that, that's another story. But I, I think that's what the Saudis freaking out about the Iranians. I think they deliberately provoked them. Well, it's more or less the same. It's more or less the same story. I mean, the price of oil is very much a, a factor in this um, as, as soon as um, uh, now that Iran is in the picture in terms of uh, playing the global economics game and stuff, stuff they're going they are, are are dumping as they say they call it dumping when there's an oversupply you know so Iran is, is going to dump i.e. sell uh, you know add an extra half half a half a million barrels or half a half a million barrels a day um, was it half a million? Yeah, half a million barrels a day. Let's say, um, into the market and a market that is already oversaturated because of the Saudis, and that's why the price is so low. Although we're not seeing the price uh, reflected necessarily in the same way at the petrol pumps, at the gas pumps, because um, what happens is as the price drops uh, uh, per barrel of oil, uh, governments of countries that you know sell well, governments of countries around the world basically. Um, uh, they increase the taxes on it. So, for example, a year or more ago, the price of oil was over $100 a barrel. Now it's one-third of that price, or less than one-third of that price. Has anybody seen the price of gas drop by 66% over the past year? No. It's dropped by maybe 10 20 30% at most. The reason is because as, it, as the price drops, your government puts more taxes on on the sale of uh, gasoline and diesel, etc. But, but they're also literally halting the supply of physical oil and gas, I believe, um, all over the world, in, in, in the seas of major ports, there are tankers, hundreds of tankers in some cases, just sitting there, don't move. That's because there's an oversupply. Yeah, they've nowhere to go. There's no point in bringing them. But if those things are actually going out physically, then the price would translate down, I think, for us at the gas pumps. No, because there's an oversupply. 
I mean, there's a, they're not, they're simply, they're not moving and they can't move out physically because there's no one to buy the oil at this time because everybody's got an, as much as they need. Uh, but it's, ha- it's happened in the past as well. The reason that the, the price of gas doesn't drop commensurate with the uh, price of a barrel of oil is because the government increases taxes. Okay. They, they're saying, no, you can't have that cheap gas. You know, I mean, that's not fair. Like, I mean, you can't be. But anyway, the idea is so Iran uh, gets sanctions lifted, complies with all of its requirements uh, that were stipulated in, in terms of its so called uh, nuclear weapons program, whatever, and it gets to join the, the First World Club. Um, all sorts of business deals flying back and forth, and of course, Iran uh, gets to op- uh, gets more markets uh, for its its price uh, for its oil. Uh, of course, I would I would think that the Saudi saw this coming because this process with Iran has been going on several years. So the Saudi saw this coming, and in the past year, it was the Saudi who started to massively increase the output of their own gas to drop the price to make it more difficult. Uh, for the Iranian, thinking they could push the price of gas, a barrel of oil, down so much that the Iranians wouldn't be able to compete. So this was a preemptive attempt by the Saudis to keep, uh, to reduce the benefits to Iran of, of, of the expected, as we've seen now, their entrance into the international oil markets. So, but this has had a serious effect on the, um, the Middle East stock. Uh, market which has basically, well, uh, they're calling it a crash. It wiped 27 billion off the uh, uh, the Middle Eastern market, uh, markets, Saudi Arabia, etc., Qatar, uh, because just as Iran enters the picture, this has caused a massive kind of crisis. And this follows on uh, a kind of the Chinese over the past week or, so, or two, the Chinese stock uh, kind of crisis that has um, caused. Western markets to lose massive amounts of uh, money off their, off their, off their bottom line as well. Like uh, the, the Financial Times uh, share um, exchange or stock exchange um, in London lost 113 billion over the past few days. Uh, so uh, there seems to be a lot of jitters here in terms of, um, you know, it seems. I mean, this would be a, a perfect time, or the time would be ripe now for to proceed now into some kind of a a rolling uh, kind of crisis, economic crisis that goes down, 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 and really allows the SH1T to hit the fan. So, um, but the interesting thing about it is, is that um, I was just reading about this, and it was that uh, this this kind of international, across the board, China, you know, London, New York, uh, and the Middle East uh, stock markets all taking a nosedive. Um, there's there was a mention on a on an article I was reading about um, that one of the the, the group of companies, a group of the, the industry that takes the the biggest hit uh, in these in these situations where the stock market crashes, like for example, the top five fallers on the on the FTSE, the London the stock exchange, were, were all mining companies. Um, and this is a repeating pattern. This is to be expected because um, when there's insecurity or a crash or drop in the stock markets, that uh, tends to make everybody very cautious. And uh, lenders, then you know, people in banks and different lending institutions that lend to these companies, <coughs> or to all companies, they start to say, "Well, you know, um, 
we don't want to lend so much to anybody anymore because the market is a bit volatile and we're not willing to lend any money because we might get it back because it's a bit insecure. And the com- companies that are hit hardest by that uh, are the first are, are the first to be denied more lending or expected to be denied more lending are mining companies because mining is a very high uh, cost endeavor with uh, rather speculative or un- um, High risk in high, terms high, of what you right high risk in terms sure of what, what you may mean. or may not get back. Yeah. I mean the machine costs an awful lot. There's a lot of uh, expense involved in actually mining the, the earth for uh, various types of minerals, and, um, and you're not and sure, sure you're going to get back. So those are they're, they're high risk. Uh, so they're the ones who don't get. They're the ones who then the share price in those companies drops uh, a lot more than other companies because they're expected not to be extending any more loans because they're high risk. Um, but this is interesting in terms of gold. Because um, those companies that, uh, if those companies start to go out of business or are no longer able to finance their mining operations, one of which is gold, then the price of gold is pretty sure to shoot up because there's insecurity in terms of availability of gold. So this is a very good time if anybody has any gold has any gold to uh, to hang on to, um, because there's a good chance that um, when the when things go further south, that gold will be the first thing to shoot up. Excellent. Weather. Whether or not it'll happen remains to be seen. Oh, the weather. Yeah. Crazy times. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I want to talk about the weather. So, Did you know, Joe, that Piers Corbin is the brother of Jeremy Corbin? He is? That's what I read today. No. Piers Corbin, the weatherman, you mean? I think so. Oh. I mentioned Piers Corbin because he's probably the only guy who has half a clue. Has half a clue. Weather forecasting, everyone knows, is. They can't predict it, basically. You get the forecast one day for the next week, and it changes the next day, what the next week's going to look like. But uh, Pierce Corden is pretty good. He takes on board um, cosmic factors, you see, and understands that we live in a complex system where solar radiation levels, geomagnetic storms, uh, alignment of planet, moon, and sun all have an effect. But he's very good at for, a long-term forecast. And he doesn't try to make any specific day-to-day, region-specific forecast because he knows that you know there are so many other factors and that it's multi-level. It goes all the way out to what the sun's doing to us and probably beyond that, what's happening at the solar system level. Anyway, Pierce Corbin says 2016 is going to be a year of wild and weird weather. Well, we know that and our listeners know that because the last few years have been like so. So it's a safe bet that this year will be too. So far this year, what what have we had? What extreme weather stands out? Well, for me, since I'm from the Netherlands, uh, our neighbors, the Belgians, they've been having some serious floods going on. Um, so there were basements that were flooded, the streets. And it was because there was massive rain and snow that fell in just a few hours. So the Belgians are now trying to deal with all the water and 
I've read someone say that it's probably the worst he's ever seen in his in his life, but there's not really a, an exact number of how severe it is, but they're afraid that there is worse to come still. And in the Netherlands, well, we're just having snow. We had a severe storm. And um, most recently, and I guess I'm not sure if it's per se weather-related, but we've had some strange sounds in the sky. And the first week or so of January, especially on the 10th of January, and it was all over the media, uh, national newspapers, regional And they are really, people were scared and they were asking questions. Is it harp? Is it the aliens? Is it the end of the world? And interestingly, it wasn't just in the Netherlands, but also in Morocco, England, Singapore, Hungary, Hungary, right? And California. So, and also what is interesting is that three days, Uh, later, so three days after they heard these sounds, uh, they found five sperm whales uh, stranded on a Dutch beach. And um, a day earlier from those uh, whales that died on a Dutch beach, there were two giant whales on on another beach uh, in Germany. So you have these sounds and these unusual animal behavior going hand-in-hand, hand you know. Yeah. So. The, the die-off in, in sea life, um, again, we can't tell you a thought that it's increased X percent or whatever mm-hmm. because it's such an unknown, but the, the number of reports and mm-hmm. videos we get is just incredible. Uh, the the die-off of whales especially mm-hmm. and other deep water creatures. Yeah. Um, could be small things. It could be this sea snake that washed up in California. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a report, and the guy's interviewed, and he says he's a you know regional wildlife guy, and he says, yeah, "I've never heard of this. Mm-hmm. We know they're out there deep under the in the deeper layers of the ocean, but washing up on shore." And then he just lets know. Oh, by the way, it's actually the third event like this mm-hmm. in the last few days. Um, yeah, but whales. Uh, I mean, they're big creatures. What are they doing yeah. washing up? I mean, they, they always have their beach mm-hmm. for whatever reasons. But in the numbers they have them, mm-hmm. um, it's not just Europe, um, India, Australia, Africa. All, especially it's very pronounced along the western coast of both Americas. 30-some whales washed up in Chile recently. Um, something that's something going on in the deep. Uh, we suspect it's uh, something is shocking. I mean, something is killing them coming up from below. Uh, probably the release of heat combined with changes in their food supply. Because the change in ocean temperature. the change in the ocean temperature and the the, the chemical composition. Changing. It's not just mm. that heat is coming up from the ocean floor. Plus, underground, undersea volcanoes would be undersea volcanoes releasing a lot of gas, a lot of methane. Um, the the strange sounds phenomenon. We might have an example of something that was heard recently. This is from the UK. Do we have it here? 
Uh, what are we talking about here? The strange sky sounds are back in 2016. Like uh, Amari mentioned, they've been reported in a few countries. Mm-hmm. I think we have an audio clip of what it sounded like in Bristol last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, here it is. So I've been hearing some strange noises outside now for a bit. I have the window showing it. It's really strange. good video actually because unlike many of the other clips you hear which might be at night or even if they're during the daytime the the person has just held a camera up a camera phone and pointed it outside and the problem is you know a lot of people have made copycat videos imitations they're joking around they take sounds clips from movies or tv shows and they stick them on or they just simply lift some of the earlier reports and stick it on and claim it as having happened recently. But if this is an interesting video because uh, the guy, you know, pulls the, the, the camera to himself and says, so I'm hearing this weird noise, and he opens, you follow him as he opens his window, mm-hmm. plays a bit, and then he closes his window, and then he actually talks for a little longer, and he says, yeah, that's really, really bizarre. Mm-hmm. never heard anything like it, except maybe I've heard some things online and then you go, oh, hang on, there it is again. And, and you hear him, and he opens his window, and the sound gets louder, and he sticks his phone out, and it happens again. Um, very unlikely he was faking it. Or if he did, he's a massive actor and a massive sound recorder because he got mm-hmm. the sounds just right enough to be louder and, and uh, softer as he opened and shut his window. So it was a, it was a good example. The, you're right, though. I've also seen the report. I saw the report from Morocco. Um, I mean, there's no way to verify that the audio recording of it is a useful one or accurate or exactly what people there heard. But it, it made enough of, it caught people's attention enough to be reported and for many people to pitch in and say, yeah, I heard that too. What the hell is that? So it's happening again. I think it comes, this happens, it seems to happen in clusters of waves, not necessarily over a large area as we see there. 10 days or so it's gone from we have locations from California Morocco and north to the UK so it, it seems to be a it can be a region that location specific thing that could have been Bristol in the southwest of England and not next door in the south of Wales it might even be even more localized than that mm-hmm. um, what is it well Joe has 
report on this a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't say for sure. Nobody can. Say. We're not going to be able to say for sure, but um, it's. I think basically something that might always be there. Waves, possibly come some kind of radio waves that pass through atmosphere, planet. Uh, much like the the magnetic shield, I mean, it just passes through us. We don't have any, we don't see it, we don't, we only detect it with certain instruments. So this could be just passing through. But something has changed in the conditions on the planet to make it audible. Mm-hmm. We're noticing it. That's that's my favorite theory because it makes sense that it's basically always there. It can come and go. Or, or it's or there. Just something has changed to make it transduce into audio uh, things that uh, machines can pick up and the, the human ear can hear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, people should be freaking out because <clears throat> no, people should be freaking out. No, no. They should just, uh, as Walk slowly said on the chat room, they should just sing along. <laughs> they can harmonize with it. Um, Maybe there's a whale connection because they sound a bit like whale sounds. Yeah. yeah. But uh, other strange weather, they were um, today, strange, uh, severe storms. Southwest Florida spawned two tornadoes in January, which is a bit uh, unusual, and um, killed two people. So, yeah, tornado season tornado now season is all year round. Whenever it feels like it. And yeah. What are you going to do about it? I'll have a tornado whenever I want. You're not going to constrict me with your seasons. I'll tornado whenever and wherever I like. I think about 80 people were killed in the South U.S. over Christmas from outbreaks that aren't supposed to happen. But it is. Uh... Mari mentioned snow in, in the Netherlands now. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard that that's the same for the UK. Yeah. Um, don't know how long this cold spell will last, but that's about normal. You know, it's January, bit of snow, blah, blah, blah. But the last month, December, was insanely warm. It was. For Western Europe. Um, we're going to get these extreme whiplash uh, of from one to the other. This could be the year where it snows in July, mm-hmm. where it's absolutely not supposed to. Um, you might, I mean, uh, we, we might have a foretaste of it where Christmas Day, just gone, Boston and New York City recorded higher daytime temperatures than they did on July 4th mm-hmm. in 2015. So that's the example of things flipping, not just having extreme weather events, but coming and going at times they absolutely shouldn't. And a large part of this is we think the meandering jet stream, it, 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 will, it will meander normally up and down as it traverses the planet, but it's performing these insane loops that become much more pronounced. The, the basic picture of it over Europe that brought the the warm weather in December was that it came all it, it loops down to Spain and even North Africa, and then takes a hard 90 degree turn directly north 
as far as the North Pole, mm-hmm. Africa to North Pole, and then an immediate bend, a U-bend, back down again, Eastern Europe, where it dumps, <clears throat> while Western Europe is having a record warm December, Christmas, Greece, the Balkans, Turkey, were getting several stories of snow. Mm-hmm. And then it would loop back up again, North Pole, and it's this incredible, you know, it, it's not in that pattern right now, it's, it's changed again. No, it's whenever you get caught in one of the loops, basically, yeah. uh, that you get polar weather, polar air pulled down and, and more likelihood of snow, but it also kind of it loops down out over the, out over the Atlantic uh, to a certain extent. Uh, it can then kind of in some way or other pull. There's other factors involved, but uh, the, uh, the warm weather for the east coast of the U.S. and the western coast of Europe over, over December was to do with southern, obviously southern air from Africa and from um, the South Atlantic basically being pushed up into um, into the regions and basically providing, you know, 18, 20 degrees, basically, uh, you know, 70s during uh, during December. So, yeah, I mean, the jet stream is just all over the place and has been for several years. So there's something obviously going on there. Uh, but that quite warm spell uh, over December as well also had a significant melting effect on the on the Arctic sea ice. Um but of course, people think, "Oh my God, it's going to you know warm forever, and the Arctic sea ice is going to be gone." And you know, and the coastlines will flood. That's going to well, coastlines will flood, but it'll contribute to warming everywhere and stuff. But no, when the Arctic sea ice, as it has been doing every year for the past several years, uh, significant melting that involved that causes uh, or leads to large quantities of cold, uh, fresh water dumped into the North Atlantic and can have an effect on that uh, North Atlantic drift and uh, the Gulf Stream coming across the North Atlantic that can disrupt it and basically at some point shut it down and if it coincides with a, a kind of jet stream situation where it's uh, jet stream loops down and stays low, well then you have no warmth, no warmth coming in to kind of offset or influence the jet stream or influence the jet stream to actually fall down low and you have, yeah, you can have a the onset of a kind of mini ice age, basically, because you have a shutdown of the, uh, or a disruption or a shutdown of the the standard mechanism that has kept the eastern seaboard of the U.S., for example, and Western Europe warm, throughout, generally warm through, throughout the winters. Um, I mean, it's obviously a lot more complicated than that, but that's one effect, you know. And right now we seem to be in, in the process of of the, the chaos before the change, as it's noticed in, in the kind of weather we've been having, we've just been talking about in strange weather during December and but also very wet weather, massive flooding uh, in the UK and also in the Netherlands and uh, in Western Europe uh, over that same period. When it was very warm, it was extremely wet. It was like the wettest December for the UK for like ever and several other countries as well. So the only ingredient missing from that is um, some kind of a polar air Mm. uh, situation, persistent polar air coming down at the same time, and you get instead of uh, six inches of rain, you get sixty inches of snow. The the UK was like getting um, fourteen inches of rain at a time. They had five storms slam them in December, and the first one brought over a foot, and then the next one came to the same, the next one, and the next one. Mm. They broke records upon the records as the month progressed, and the previous rainfall records were in December 2009. Mm. 
so it's uh it's a tricky one like it, sometimes we try and say we're trying to find out for sure if any weather event which has been claimed as a record this or that is is indeed such the problem we run into is that the record they're citing as the previous one is very recent as well mm-hmm. i suspect that people are seeing and encountering experiencing events now that have no historical precedent or at least any known one that's why everything is like um yeah that was the coldest day or the wettest day since records began mm-hmm. hundred some years ago so we're like in we're already in a new a new paradigm Yep, we're in a new paradigm, and it's going to keep changing. Um, but um, um, how it changes exactly, we don't know. We can guess, but uh, I suppose we'll find out as, as as things progress and as things go along. But uh, I think we're going to leave it there for this week, folks. And um, thank you for tuning in at our new time of two, sorry, midday East Coast US, six PM Europe time, and whatever else that means for the rest of the world. Um, we're going to continue with this time uh, on an ongoing basis. So next week, uh, it'll be 6 p.m. Europe, midday, um, East Coast U.S. again. Uh, so we hope you uh, that won't put you out too much. Um, so, yeah, thank you all for tuning in uh, unexpectedly. And um, at our unexpected new time, and we will be back next week so thanks for shadows on to Andrew our caller uh, you're all super cool people and we love you so peace thanks, out thanks again peace out and we will see ya on the flip side or whatever see you next week take care everyone bye bye